Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different fields, different genres, um, and with different skills and talents. And, and we uh, really try to get some real actionable items that people can take away and apply to their lives uh, moving forward. But we really get some really cool stories as we go. We have awesome guests, and we have another one today. Um, and so, uh, so just before we introduce him, um, a couple of quick things that we have to do uh, is that um, um, we have a um, supporter named Plum, um, and they um, help purpose-driven leaders. So those people who are out there maybe managing businesses and, and thinking of different ways of being able to, to future-proof their business, um, they quantify human potential, and they look at transferable skills. So there's a tool that they use that has some artificial intelligence components to it as well, um, and they really um, pull out things like adaptability, communication, innovation. So those underlying skills that places are really needing, especially now. Um, and uh, so if you are hiring, if you are doing workforce planning, or maybe changes in your workforce right now, um, or trying to develop people and, and put together some succession planning, they're a tool that you should take a look at. So go onto our website, which is www.bigideabigmoves.com, and you'll see the link on there. Or you can go directly to them as well, which is uh, www plum.io. So definitely do that. The other um, one is we want to do a big shout out to the Wakefield Mill um, Hotel and Spa, who is uh, also supporting this episode as well. Um, if I know people listen from kind of all over the world here and uh, in uh, the, Wakefield is uh, in Canada, it's a, a short drive outside of Ottawa and it's right in the heart of Gatineau Park, um, this beautiful park, lots of really cool things to do outside. And that's why it fits really nicely with the person we're going to talk to today. Um, so if you're looking to plan for a, a fall or winter getaway, um, you can be in a really cool looking place. It's right. It has the falls on one side, the forest on the other. It's just a beautiful place and lots of really cool outdoor activities right next by. So, uh, so definitely take a look at them. Um, that's at www.wakefieldmill.com. Uh, and we'll have all the information in the show notes as well if you want to take a look at that. So uh, our guest today, I'm, I'm really excited. This is uh, going to be a, a real fun discussion um, from a, a world champion ultra runner to um, recently the Spartan Games uh, eco challenge contestant um, and world champion unicyclist, which is a really kind of cool different thing too. Um, Ryan Atkins does it all in uh, sports and he is, uh, from what I understand, I think he's the winningest of obstacle, um, winningest obstacle racer of all time. Um, he's a two-time winner of the Spartan North America championship two-time winner of the spartan ultra championship world championship um, and was on the canadian team if you've watched on uh, prime recently was on the canadian team that came in second on the uh, world toughest race kind of eco challenge fiji so some really cool stuff there and we get to chat with him today so first of all um thanks for joining us ryan really appreciate it yeah thanks so much i'm uh, excited to be on yeah, so uh, um, from what I understand, I think right now you're taking a bit of a break. I think you're in uh, in Quebec um, right now. Um, it, you're, I know you have done some racing and some events, um, but I'm sure your schedule is completely different right now than it normally would be. Are you are you missing that? Are you enjoying the time at, at home that you might not normally have? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a blessing and a curse, I guess. Um, normally, I'm so busy with so much travel that spending a bit more time at home is really nice but at the same time I definitely uh have done a lot less racing um this year and I do love racing and competing so that's uh that's a bit tough but actually I'm in quarantine right now because we were able to finally do uh, a little bit of racing in the month of um 
October. So uh, back home now, can't leave the property. Yeah. Um, but it's okay because uh, got lots to do here, building some building some new trails and uh, got my own little home gym. And so yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. It's it, well, and that's the thing is you you did get a little chunk of time to be able to do some things that um, probably at least felt a little bit normal for you. And, uh, and that's good. I, you know, when, um, so it, during a normal time and, and, you know, uh, one of the things is, is that, well, and, and you're married to um, Lindsay Webster, if people don't know too, who is also, you know, a very high level. I mean, you, you two are both kind of the top male and female um, athletes in your, in your business. So um, how do you, how do you balance kind of your own life with um, being able to train at such a, a high level it might be a little bit easier during quarantine, but normally how does, how does that work for you guys? Um, yeah. I mean, for us, uh, both Lindsay and myself are uh, lucky enough to be full-time professional athletes. So it kind of is our job um, to train and to, to do that uh, before though, I mean, we were working um, full-time jobs and training and yeah. stuff. And uh, that can be a challenge, lots of early morning workouts and, um, you know, squeezing in lunchtime kind of things here and there. But uh, yeah, it's, I guess I love racing and I love competing and I love kind of getting the most out of myself that I can. And so like, if you have that motivation and that, uh, that drive, then I guess I've, just been able to find a find a way <laughs> yeah yeah well and, and do you train a lot with Lindsay or do you do that completely separate is that something that uh that like some some groups I know can't do that together because that isn't something <laughs> they enjoy doing but is that something you guys do or or no yeah yeah we actually probably we do a pretty good mix um I'd say I do about 60 percent of the training on my own and then do stuff with Lindsay the rest of the time um just because I mean we do run and, you know, train at different speeds and we also have different, you know, different workouts and different, uh, you know, focuses or different races or things like that. And both our bodies react differently to, uh, training. And so, um, it doesn't always overlap, you know, the paces that we have to run or the, the times that we have to run. But if we can, if we can do it together, we will. And sometimes that'll mean like, you know, warming up together and then doing our own specific workout, or maybe it'll mean, um, you know, meeting up somewhere on a bike ride and riding together for a bit, or it could mean doing the whole thing together. So, yeah. 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 Well, and uh, that's an, that's an interesting thing for you in particular, because you, your, your sports are different than some where, um, you know, you have such a variety of things you could be doing or that you are um, even just more functional fitness based. So, um, so how do you tackle training yourself? Like what did, what does that look like for you? You know, do you, do you do a whole lot at one time on running and do other things or do you really mix up your training a lot? Um, yeah, my, like you said, the great thing about obstacle racing is that we can train a lot of different modalities and a lot of different sports to kind of, uh, to kind of stay fit and stay ready for, um, whatever the race kind of might, you know, bring to us. But, um, I, I kind of, train like generally uh pretty much the same year round and then i add on like specific training based on events that are coming up so um i'd say normally i do about uh 60 of my training is running um 40 would be biking and then um i do uh probably three hours of strength training per week um and then on top of that like that's kind of like my baseline i guess and then if i have say a short fast running race to do that's on flat ground i'll incorporate 
um, specific workouts that like target that uh, type of running or if it's you know a longer event then I'll try to add a bunch of volume um, and things like that so yeah. it uh, it kind of keeps a good amount of general fitness while still keeping it entertaining and very you know diverse and uh, also like getting I guess the best result uh, for specific races that I can. Yeah, because I, I remember, so um, one thing that a lot of people, even if they aren't following kind of OCR stuff all the time, a lot of people would have been exposed to your racing on um, uh, the world's toughest race, and, and they see that that is, um, you know, it's very lengthy, you've got sleep deprivation, all those things that come into play, but I, I also, if I remember correctly, I think you had done some races just before that, that, you know, did that, um, was that a struggle to kind of jump into something that like that right after kind of doing a lot of, a lot of your normal racing, I guess, per se, before that? Um it was a you know i guess it was a bit of a struggle i think for a race like uh the world's toughest race where it's an expedition length adventure race mm -hmm. you're racing for so long and there's so many different disciplines that it's um i think no one's ever fully ready for it because yeah. how do you how do you prepare for you know seven days straight of racing it's not like yeah. i can just be like oh this week i'm just gonna you know I'm gonna run for a week for the next for the next seven days nonstop. It's like it doesn't work that way. Like you have to sleep and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, there's. I guess it comes down to just being as prepared as you can. And um, luckily, two of the disciplines that we face, running and biking, are like how I train. You know, yeah. day in day out. So I'm pretty lucky in that respect. And um, but I think the biggest shortcoming for myself was my lack of paddle training. We didn't do a lot of paddling to prepare. And in Fiji, there's a lot of yep. water. There's yep. a lot of paddling. So uh, that if I had to do it again, I would definitely add in a bunch more specific workouts for, for paddling focus. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I came into the race pretty ready and uh, performed pretty well and I well i mean time. yeah obviously you guys performed well because uh you know you you came in second and i i would i mean uh, that'd be something i'd ask you i don't know how much you, but it was uh you know with the, the whole fiji kind of thing where um um you know the uh, the kiwis kind of did the the flip of their boat and that uh, was that controversial when when you were on the show or is it just controversial after <laughs> where, where they um, were able to get a boat again where some people thought yeah. they shouldn't have been able to get a boat again to be honest, we didn't hear that much about the whole situation until after the race, uh, until like, actually I watched the show oh, really? <laughs> like a few really? months ago. Um, <laughs> like we knew, we knew they had capsized, but we didn't really know all the details or how long or how it had affected them and things like that. Um, and, you know, I think that, yeah, uh, I think it was fair the way the race organization um, treated it and, um kind of got them back going and got them a new boat and things like that um i don't think it was their fault that their boat broke and so uh it would it would really be unfortunate to have someone you know race for that long that hard over that kind of a course and then to just be stuck treading water you know yeah. for the next you know until the race i don't know until they get <laughs> rescued and, and dq'd or i don't know what the alternative would have been uh, yeah. maybe paddle to an island and like rebuild their boat or, I, you know, I just don't know. Um, yeah, it's a tough one so, for sure. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was tough, but I mean like our team we made, uh, we were right there with like about a day and a half to go. We were a couple, we were like, we saw them on the other side of the valley at night and we were just behind them. And then, um, 
with adventure racing, it's all you have to navigate yourself. So uh, we started getting pretty behind on sleep and we made um, a really big uh, navigation error. And that's where we lost, you know, hours and hours of time. And had we not made that navigation error, we would have been in a prime place to overtake them when their boat did capsize. But um, yeah. so it's like, I don't think the result, it's more like, our team's um, mistake that cost us the race. I don't think so much uh, the misfortune of the Kiwis is what, um, you know, cost us the race. It was, yeah. it was, it was fair the way it played out. Cool. And would you, would you do it again? Are you, are you guys planning on doing the, the same thing again? Yeah. Um, they're talking about doing the race in Patagonia again, and I don't know mm-hmm. how that's going to look or if that's going to happen with COVID and stuff. Sure. But, um, if it happens, I'm, I'm totally going to do it again. <laughs> cool. Cool. And, and so you've done a whole bunch of um, what I think most athletes would think are, are pretty tough races, especially, you know, you've done long ultra running paces. Is there, is there a race that stands out to you of any genre that is, has been your toughest to date or one that you had the hardest time getting through? Um, I don't know. I think every race, like while you're doing it is really, really hard. And then afterwards it kind of like you forget about how rough it is. So uh, I think if you asked me that question, like an hour after finishing like a 24 hour running race, I'd probably be like, Oh man, this was the hardest. This one. But uh, yeah, I think, I think I read somewhere that humans have like this um, survival. I don't know if it's like a survival mechanism or like uh we evolved to do this but we basically forget things that really are hard and really suck and we remember things that are really nice um and a lot of the races that i do are like really long and kind of grueling and uh you time you tend to just forget about that um no matter like even if it's like the hardest thing and so brutally tough like fast forward one year and you're like yeah it wasn't really that bad um yeah so it's really probably the opposite you probably think (laughs) of it very positively right yeah you think oh yeah i nailed that no problem i mean it was it was easy to get through (laughs) yeah you're like oh yeah world's (laughs) i can do that that again yeah you know totally go back and do that again yeah you get there and you're like three days in you're like what was i thinking (laughs) (laughs) well and and so that 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 brings me to the other question is that are are you like like you must have um so you must have an ability that a lot of people, I, I think, you know, would, would still want, but um, I'm sure that you still go through some of these and you hit a point in the race where it's like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Um, but you also seem to have either developed a skill or you have some of that innate of how do you get past that? Um, first of all, I guess, do you, do you still have that happen? And then if you do, um, how do you get yourself through those moments when you're in a race? Um. Yeah, so I guess it's something like a two two part answer to that. Um, one thing is when I'm racing in a really long race, I tend to to just focus on like what's immediately ahead of me. Um, so instead of saying like, "Oh my goodness, we're only six hours into a you know seven day long race, like how am I ever going to survive?" I would instead be like, "Oh, like what can I do right now to make us move faster, or what can I do now to like." make this more efficient or what can I do now to like ensure success in the long term? Um, so I'm always, I'm always thinking on these little tiny intermediary goals instead of like looking at the big picture, which I guess comes back to like, you know, how do you eat an elephant like one bite at a time? It's like the same kind of idea. It's like, how do you, how do you do such a long, hard thing? It's like, Oh, just one thing at a time. Um, and when you kind of break it down like that, it's, it's not that, 
it's not that tough. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's breaking it down and, and then, yeah. yeah and, um, you know, having the, the short increments instead. And, and do you find, um, do you find physically that you have those points now too? Like that's the, the, the mental side of things, I, I guess. And, and physically do you, have you had things where your, your mind is okay, but your body, you know, conks out before then? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I think with like, I think the, the mind, and the body are so interconnected and especially with longer longer events the connection becomes like more important and it becomes more mental um almost than physical um and so yeah it's like if you can kind of get your mind around it the body usually follows and then the other thing i find is no matter how like low a low is or how much like something kind of uh is tough in the moment if you just like um if you just keep going, eventually it'll get better. <laughs> yeah. So, so if like you can push it, past it and get past yeah, that point. Right. Exactly. So it's like, I just, uh, I'll just tell myself that and like, just keep going. It'll get better. And then <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes like it takes a while for that to happen, but um, like it always does. So like if things are going really poorly, uh, maybe eat some food, uh, maybe slow down a little bit for a few minutes and, um, you know, just tell myself that, you know, things will get better soon. And then, uh, and then they do and you keep going. Or like the other thing I like to do is just try to look around and remind myself of like how awesome it is to be, you know, where I am or what's going on or what I'm doing, or, uh, maybe I'm in a place that I'll probably never see again, or, you know, not many people have been to, and I can just, um, reflect on how wonderful that is. And I guess I'm positivity, it's a lot easier to keep going. Well, and, and that's, it must be pretty amazing when you see some of the, you know, some of the places that you do race. I mean, even just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you, you had um, a race where uh, it was a trail race, I think. And, and some of the pictures of just where you were are, are unbelievable. So being able to even just take a couple of minutes and being able to see that is, you know, is, is probably tough for you to do, but, you know, probably makes a huge difference, I would assume. Yeah, for sure. There are, are people who who race and do that. I mean, you have to be pretty amped up for a lot of the, the races you do. Do you um, do anything on the other side where it's more kind of, do you do mindfulness stuff? Do you do kind of any of those things? Or is that something that, um, you know, is it something you include, I guess, in your trading regimen or no? Um, so I would say that I do. Uh, I would say that a lot of like, I prefer like, I guess, moving meditation <laughs> or like um i prefer to like i guess do things that where i feel like a connection to to the land or to um you know slowing down but while still like while not i guess meditating in like the traditional sense of like you know sitting with your legs crossed in a room and yeah. um but more like hiking so, and things like that is that what you yeah mean? yeah yeah like like just going for like a, a leisure hike with the dog or yeah. um even just like like i was just out uh trail building and i i find a lot of like peace in that just being outside and um you know moving earth around and creating um something like that or even um yeah, so kind of, I guess, finding um, peace in the mundane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I know you can't really talk about it, I think. Um, <laughs> you tell me if you can't, but I um, I know that you did the Spartan Games recently, and I know you can't talk about kind of the stuff about it, but um, it's a little, it, it seems like it's quite different than what you would have done in a Spartan race and obviously had different disciplines and things like that. I know the one thing they have 
posted pictures are a lot of like wrestling and stuff that's that's maybe not your traditional race how was that experience just generally you know being there with different athletes that weren't all the kind of the standard OCR ones I mean I know you had a crossfitter you had an NFL person things like that um how how was that experience especially right now when when um you know you you do have to go into a, a possibility of you know you quarantine after and all those fun things but um but was the the time itself very different for you yeah I mean so it was actually incredible um I don't know if it was uh truly as like incredible as I um found the experience or if that was you know part part to do with COVID and just having not raced but um it was like it was so great uh and we got to it was four days of racing um there's 10 events over the four days and like you said we did a whole range of events with a whole different range of athletes and um yeah, the experience was, was awesome. It was really cool getting challenged in, you know, areas that you're not familiar with getting to race in events that you are familiar with against people that have like never done it before and everything in between. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time. It was really cool. And I think, yeah, I'm not allowed to say results, results. Okay. How, how we did, <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, there was a lot well, how about how about wrestling and L- NFL? Are you able to say uh, how that <laughs> what that experience was like? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it was it was great. Uh, it was he's a really big, strong guy, and um, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because like you have this perception, I guess, of yourself. Uh, yep. And I do a lot of racing against like endurance athletes that are like really small people that are you know really good runners and stuff, and I'm like usually one of the stronger of the group so I'm like in my mind I'm like oh I'm pretty strong and stuff and then I I go up against this guy and it's just like holy smokes like he is he you know he's 40 kilograms heavier than me and he's got uh like muscles on his neck that I just didn't even know it could exist and um (laughs) yeah it was pretty wild but uh great experience and I like the cool thing about combative sports is it's such, such like a primal um, like event. And once you get yeah. in there and you're like, you're like wrestling someone, it's, you just, you forget about everything else and you forget about any like preconceived notions or like, you're not, you're not like afraid of the guy because he's bigger than you. You're just trying to like do figure what you're out. trying to do and yeah. figure it out. So it's like, it's really, it's really a cool, uh, the cool thing to be well and, and yeah the the reality is that you're probably because you're all high level athletes regardless of where you know what discipline you're from you're all probably pretty pretty darn competitive i would assume so everybody's trying to figure out how to get around <laughs> all of the you know everybody has weaknesses so it's just trying to figure out how to get a past your weakness i would assume yeah totally like you said like everyone there it's so fun everyone was like super supportive of each other especially you know when you have an athlete who's trying your sport who had never tried it like you're just trying to give the pointers and trying to help them through and that's like a really cool thing but then when you're in a ring against like that same person it's like okay all bets are off like everyone there is super competitive and it's just like going a thousand percent um all the time so very cool and that that's going to be out on youtube i think when it comes out is that right yeah i think that's the plan um maybe a network will pick it up and it'll be out somewhere else but um i think they're saying it in december um hopefully yeah 
All right. Well, we'll uh, if we once we get that, we'll make sure that we put that on on here as well. So, so one of the things that we we usually ask anybody who's a guest, um, Ryan, is that um, we try to get them uh, kind of uh, top two or three things and and something that connects with them. And and I think um, one of one of the things that um, has been pretty clear in what you do is that you um, you train a lot, you do a whole bunch of different things, you do everything from I know mountain biking to hiking to running to all those things. Um, and you do, you know, make an effort to to enjoy what you're doing. So for some people, you know, fitness or or workouts and things like that are are not fun to them or are not enjoyable. Um, do you have a couple of recommendations as to you know what people can do to 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 make fitness you know more part of their life, more enjoyable? I guess. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I think the first thing I would say is just like if you're the per kind of person who wants to do an event. Um, like just go ahead and sign up for an event and you'll get so much motivation out of, out of having that like date on the calendar um, to train for. And I think that a lot of people have trouble, like, you know, getting on the bike, getting out the door to go for a run, you know, getting to the gym. But like, once you're there and you're actually doing it, it's, it's really a lot of fun. It's really great. So um, if you have that event or that thing, that's kind of like uh, a carrot, or like a motivator, um, it makes it so much easier. And then once you're, like I said, once you're on the bike, it's it's so much greater. So like, just take that step and just sign up for an event, whether it's a, a race or maybe a, like a Fondo, or maybe it's like a, a local 5K or whatever it is, um, just sign up. Um, I think another good one is to like, kind of get plugged into a community and whether that's, um, just finding friends who will hold you accountable and who, who you can train together with and who you can like um, work out with or whether that's, you know, maybe joining uh, a local group or something like that. If you have, if you have people that are, you know, into it who are, uh, you know, hopefully friends or hopefully people you like spending time with, it makes the whole process um, just so much more fun. So um, yeah, I'd say those are like, two two big uh two big ideas yeah. um i think for myself I, I i really like enjoy training and i um but there's definitely like an element of kind of like uh momentum with it like once you start like training and working out and doing things um it becomes a lot easier like the more you do it you kind of like you get your gym bag it's all set it's by the door it's in your car like every it does it's not this big production it's like it's kind of becomes automatic just like waking up in the morning and having a coffee it's just like something you do so I think that um like trying to stick with it for you know a, a chunk of time and having it become part of your life and part of something that you uh, love doing and also like and when you do that it's like twofold because then you'll start seeing results and you start getting faster and you're still getting fitter and and that can be really motivating so um yeah, it's kind of just, building building the habit yeah. and getting the positive reinforcement of yeah. seeing the results that come from the habit. That's, totally, that's totally. Advice. And then and then they just kind of like go hand in hand and it's like a, a perpetuating self-perpetuating phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and, and and there are so many things to enjoy. I mean, I know we were we were talking really quickly. You knew where the um, the uh, the Wakefield Inn was, and and you know that's a, a great example. That park is just full of you know people who um, cross country ski and fat bike, run ride the trails, and then in the summer it's the same kind of thing. Different different sports. So there's there's so many options to to be able to find something that you enjoy at whatever speed and uh, and ability you want to be able to develop. So. 
totally. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'd say that's like another one is like try to find that activity that, you know, that really speaks to you and that you really love, whether it's it is fat biking or skiing or running or, you know, there's a million things that you can do. Um, and hopefully one of them is something that you really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's that's great advice. And I, I think, you know, that's the one thing is that there are people who are listening that probably think, oh, well, you know, yeah, he's this this high level kind of athlete. But um, but it's the same premise regardless, just to, to kind of, um, you know, be able to to enjoy, um, you know, what what uh, fitness and um um, and that lifestyle kind of, you know, has, comes with it as well. So, um, so, uh, uh, right. How do you, um, if people want to follow you and follow what's, uh, what's happening in, in your world, are there, are there specific ways that you, you recommend they do that? I'd say just the easiest is Instagram. I'm yeah. Ryan Atkins diet there and, um, probably, pretty active uh on that and yeah yeah it's a great good and, and what we'll do as well is we'll put um we'll put that instagram uh in all of our show notes and on everything as well so if you didn't get that right it is ryan atkins diet so that which is kind of cool too <laughs> um but uh but we'll put it on there and and definitely follow him because you'll see that uh, all of the the cool races that that he's in but also all of the things that are happening in in his life as well so so make sure you do that the other thing is hit subscribe on uh the podcast as well whatever platform you're listening uh, to it on um, and uh, leave a, a rating or a review and, and let us know uh, what you think about it. It helps us get the word out there. And uh, um, you know, we bring great guests like this all the time. So, uh, so definitely do that. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, last thing I'd say is uh, check out our website, which is www.bigideabigmoves.com. We've got a, a spot on there now that um, has, if you're, you're thinking of books you want to read or, or different things, um, and we've got books from some of our guests like Robin Benning, Casa, and uh, um, we've got um, ones from uh, Joe Decina, a couple other people as well. That um, uh, so go on there, take a look, maybe make your reading list, and and we have spots where you can you can buy them right through the website. So it uh, you can kind of compile your list, especially if you're in quarantine like Ryan is right now. <laughs> Lots of time to to do some extra reading than you normally would. But uh, I, again, thanks very much, Ryan, for for coming on. We really appreciate you bring some really great stuff to the audience. I appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll talk to everybody again on uh, big idea, big moves.